Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle. Bandzoogle is built by musicians for musicians. It's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Uh, I would know I'm working on a, a site over at Bandzoogle as well right now, and it's really easy to make, and you can get everything uh, up and running pretty quickly from hosting a custom domain name. Uh, you got dozens of fully customizable design templates and tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, which we love to hear as musicians. Uh, there's commission-free crowdfunding, fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your audience, social media integration, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So if you want to support the show, and if you want to help yourself while you're at it, direct support podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com. You can try it free for 30 days and use the promo code direct support, all one word, to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code direct support. Bandzoogle. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Direct Support. I'm your host, Peter Shrupp, and I'm very happy to have you here. Our guest today is Nick Thomas from The Spill Canvas. Been a fan for a long time. He's got that old emo band cred, and boy, do we talk about it. <laughs> we talk about the whole concept of emo and being associated with that world. And, and you'll hear in this conversation, he's just unbelievably sweet and humble and open. It's my favorite thing about him. It's my favorite thing about anybody. It's one of my favorite qualities is just somebody who can be completely honest and forthright with their feelings because we we talk about a lot of things. We talk about drug addiction and mental health, and um, he doesn't shy away from anything. He he faces it, and he seems to have a lot of growth in his life based around the fact that he doesn't like to hide those kind of things, and I just admire that so much because the Spill Canvas has been around a lot longer than, say, Arms Akimbo, so... I just had so much to learn from our conversation, and I, I really feel like uh, he's a great mentor to, to turn to and, and, and a super unbelievable, flattering cheerleader to, for myself and the rest of my band. Um, but yeah, what else is up? Um, did you listen to the bonus episode? It's out. I put it out on Friday. I thought it'd be a fun new thing um, that I hadn't done before to get you guys some more content around our single, Alenda, that we just put out. And I forgot my favorite story. I can't believe it. After the whole thing, I forgot to, to put in the story. I must have cut it at some point. Uh, so I'll tell you now uh, that me and Chris talked a little bit about how we had had practice and I didn't have the solos written yet. I was just kind of like the equivalent of button mashing on a guitar. And uh, and then I came up with the the solo like melodies kind of while I was driving in my car across LA. So I pulled over at a gas station, filled up my tank, pulled my guitar out of the case in the trunk, and I sat in the back of my car and voice memoed like these solos that I had written just singing on like steering wheel karaoke. Uh, <laughs> I like figured out how to play them on guitar and voice memoed them. And then that night of practice, I was able to pull them out and play them. Anyway, there, now it's there. It's uh, it's immortalized, so I have it somewhere. Um, but back to today's episode, I don't think I have anything else to say. I want to say thanks to everybody who's been supporting and sharing the podcast. Please keep doing that. It really, really helps. 
writing those reviews on Apple Music helps. Um, doing those five-star reviews on Apple Music helps. And just sharing it means so, so much to me. And um, hopefully we, I can keep doing this and keep bringing some guests that, that make you guys happy. Also, I think it's relevant to mention this is the first Zoom episode I did. It's post-quarantine. And uh, I thought it'd be nice to kind of hop back and forth a little bit so things feel a little bit more relevant. So I'll be going back and forth between some of these Zoom episodes I'm recording now that were uh, staying inside versus some episodes that uh, were recorded and archived back in, you know, October to January. So without any further ado, here's Nick Thomas of The Spill Canvas. Oh, good. Thank God. Yeah. Dude, Shag, this is my first one of these. I haven't oh, done it like this yet. I've uh, so you, have you done any episodes yet? Yeah, I, I have a I have a bunch recorded that I did. Like I started doing this way before and just kept stopping every time because we would like leave for tour and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you got to jump on working out that like talking muscle. That yeah, it's it feels <laughs> it feels really different. Like already doing this versus like in my room. I was just doing them in my room and having my friends come over. You know. Yeah. See, that sounds, I mean, so we started because of the quarantine and it, we do like a full band thing and it gets kind of like, <laughs> it's just like four dudes and, you know, <laughs> that's why I was like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I felt bad that you thought that. Cause I was like, I, I do not I, like I miss, dude, I totally misread it. And I immediately <laughs> jumped to that conclusion and I was like, Oh, I totally just misread this text. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it's uh, cause like I ramble so much and then, yeah it's just me rambling and then I can't help it. It's just, I can't help it. And that's, that's right for the medium. You know? <laughs> yeah. I have so much to say. Um, no, it's like, I can't help it. And then they just like try to talk, get their words in. And so I feel awful. It's just, it's a, it's a mess. Uh, already listening and editing the episodes that I've done. I'm finding that I, I'm doing my best to not talk over someone. Yeah. The thing is a lot of me uh, listening to them and they go, uh-huh, right, right. That's what I do. That's exactly it, dude. That's like, I mean, I was, I did that the first, I, I have to do that. Cause like, I want to acknowledge what they're saying, but I don't need to say that. I don't need to say, mm-hmm, right. I can do what you're doing, which is nodding, but it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm i'm training myself to not i'm working on that <laughs> i mean I, there's an art to it for sure how does this mic sound all right then the mic sounds great yeah um i don't know if this would change does this that's a high pass filter does that change things yeah actually that sounds better does it i don't know if it's uh you were yeah, i love that you requested that by the way or like oh. Help yeah. me with that, at least not request, but help me with that. Cause uh, yeah, man, that that's like my favorite record that we put out. I mean, since our new one. So I really like it, dude. Mm. Gestalt is what it's called, right? Gestalt. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. so cool. That makes, that's weird because I love your band so much. And <laughs> it's like, it's funny. It's like a fan moment. It's really. That's yeah. Cool. Well, that's the thing is like, there's a, like, what's your favorite deep cut of yours? It sounds like it, it might be off that album. It's definitely off that album. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, there's like some that are, you know, super like personal, like, um, sorry, like to Chicago yeah. or whatever. Um, like the, uh, 
the heroin song. Yeah. Like obviously pretty, pretty like song. And then, but that doesn't mean necessarily mean my favorite. I think like, I think like there's a song called uh, the meds or meds. Yeah. Yeah. Meds on, uh, on Gestalt. And that one was always like a sleeper, like favorite of mine. Right. I don't know. We just really, we came to on that one, but that's so cool though. But I mean, I'm going to suck at it. You know that. That's totally fine. I don't really care, man. You can play the stuff that, you know, cause you guys are one of those bands where it's like, you got to like, you guys like accumulate people with an early, like pop punk or emo record. Right. Yeah. That affords you the opportunity to like work on stuff that like you're, you know, really proud of. And sometimes that'll, that'll hit. And sometimes people want to hear the old stuff and I totally get that relationship, you know? Yeah, I'm scared, like, because we had, so before, oh, I don't want to, like, spoil it, uh, this mm-hmm. kind for the episode, but we were just waiting to put out a record, because we've been working on this record for, like, a year, so whatever, I'll save it for the podcast, we can talk about it if you want, but. We're, we're talking about it now, dude, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't, okay, like, uh, like, we, we self-funded it, you know, with merch store money, and, like, we just scrapped it together. We just didn't have any label interest because we didn't have demos. And we were like, well, we don't live in the same state. We're yeah. Like spread out. So we can't really write together. We got to get, I want to get in a room with them, you know, and I could write all day, but it's only going to be so much, you know? Yeah. And it also is a, it's a completely different thing. Like you, you write and then you bring it to people and it changes completely or you write and it's yours and you just have no idea if it even should be in this project dude <laughs> like exactly that i mean i had to get in a room with them so we we worked it out we we got in this we, it's this amazing deal um our manager worked out for us to to stay and live at the studio in like the woods of pennsylvania we got this record done but like right before corn or the quarantine covid stuff hit we were like talking i mean a little bit with i mean the only label that was interested mm-hmm our lawyer was like, this is kind of a shitty deal, but it's the only one you got or you release it independent. And I just didn't want to do it independent because we don't have the money for it, you know, uh, to do it properly the way we should. And like, but now everything, so we've been sitting on the record over a year and then this hit and it was, I mean, I know it's like everyone's going through far far worse things than this, you know, but um, I was ignoring, you know, my own personal situation you know, for a while, or I mean, during the beginning of the quarantine, but now it's like, oh shit, our industry is like fucked, you know? <laughs> I know, I know, it's, it's, uh, I feel the same way, and we don't, we've never done anything that's not independence. We don't even know what, like, a proper, like, label release even looks like, really, because we've managed to do it ourselves, but we're, it's also because we're scared, dude, like, we're terrified to trust anybody. You don't know if it's any better. It's very true, like, and that's also something that I've been trying to take into account because when we were on a label, it was a, the internet was just coming out. Like we were signed to Warner Brothers when there was no Instagram. Well, like, yeah, it's just like MySpace, and like you would maybe you know support your dates on your your website, but social media wasn't like a part of the culture then. So, and I just don't know. Yeah, things are just so different. I think we are going the independent route though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's, I don't know why I started talking about that. But. No, I, I feel like we already have a bunch of irons in the fire. I think we're just excited. I feel like there's a kindred spirit thing happening. <laughs> I like, I don't want to, I'm trying to like not, I'm trying to just view you as like a, 
podcaster. <laughs> but, but I'm honestly like, you came, ah, man, I don't know. Your stuff is just awesome. You guys came up on my new uh, new music Apple playlist. Mm-hmm. And um, I like will rarely listen like through, like if I don't see anything that I kind of know or I've heard of, I kind of skip it. But every once in a while, I'll just listen to the whole thing, the whole playlist, like just and just skip through if I'm like, no, no, no. Right, same. Just see if they hit my algorithm, like any close to, you know, to what <laughs> I like. And I, it was Paycheck that came on. And it was just like, it slowly like reeled me in, you know? And I was like, or no, it wasn't Paycheck. Um, uh, it was a, a Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that, yeah, it was Pitchfork because I remember the line, I was being so intrigued by the, the lyric uh, about the Pitchfork, you know, being on, I mean, beginning a review on Pitchfork, like, yeah, lyric about that. I was like, that's so genius. Like, <laughs> it's such a like, satir. I mean, I don't know what your intent was, or whatever, but like the, like the intent was, but just, it's like the satirical look at, like you know, a tongue. It's a tongue-in-cheek like line kind of too, and but just that song uh, got me in, and then I heard Paycheck next, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And dude, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know you guys both sang until I got to the show. <laughs> Most people don't, dude. So Pitchfork is Chris's. Like, I, I can't even no. tell you the intent. You know, like uh, I that like I don't understand like. It's so, it doesn't come off that way, really, you know? Because it sounds like your high voice, you're like, like yeah. you know, like, bring out the dark. <laughs> that sounds like, so Chris, that sounds like his just like, you know, his like pushed vocal. Right. Sounds like he's pushing more for the dynamic or whatever. It just sounds like the same singer. It blew me away. I was like, wait, what? 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 <laughs> Dude, this is very flattering. This makes me feel lovely, by the way. I'm supposed okay. to be interviewing you. <laughs> oh, dude, whatever, man. I, fucking, and so then I went through your whole cat. I was like, I downloaded everything. I was like, well, these guys are just like independent. What is going on? And I downloaded all the little singles. And uh, and I think by far the... And, and then I got, yeah, it, I mean, you, I went far, all you have on on mm-hmm. got all of it, but... um. I really loved miscommunication. I was like, this is like ridiculous. How this, this band was not, you know, this is like such amazing songwriting. It's really, really tasteful and like well-placed and, you know, just perfect like melody choices and stuff. Like I, I hadn't been that excited about a band in a while. Jake, that's ridiculous, man. That means so much. Serious, you know it. <sighs> know it. <laughs> Um, all right, play the song. I'm gonna make you play the song now. After yeah. that, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna forget it. <laughs> Don't forget about the money you owe me, baby. I know you're good for it. But that was long before you left me I really hope he drops you in a week Sounds about the right amount of time it takes Until he's bored with your community physique 
Drunk dials when you're cold and alone, and I faintly hear you cry. I think I'm gonna be sick. I won't ever find my parallel. I can't afford to keep my balance on this carousel. Must just be easy to impair. Now I'm more than well aware that I won't ever find my parallel. For doing that one dude oh you're welcome thank you for i love that song thank you oh boy <laughs> well i mean it's there that's a raw version of it <laughs> no, that was great i feel like you're all stressed out because i like uh the when you have to go backwards and like play the songs it's probably the ones everybody's asking for all the time right it is and that's why i like that you chose that i just like i definitely really love that song i i just um it took a, a lot of um, great comping to get like the best vocal take mm. with all the attitude. And now I like can't, I don't want to sing that song if I can't sing it with all the attitude. Right. Well, that's actually one of the reasons I like it because you have uh, two of the things and, and let me know if this resonates with you, but like I have like my songwriting habits that I always go to. Yes. When I pick up a thing and I always like, find myself doing the same lyrical like pattern to like figure out, you know, when you're like ad-libbing on a song or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? I totally do. It's your comfort. It's your comfort zones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my, like, I've noticed that like you, um, in that song you do two of the things you like go to the growl and you go to the falsetto very close to each other. Yeah, dude. That's, it's so, and that's so like, it's just I like that I can do that with my voice. I think I'm I'm compensating for 
uh, my voice, my like getting lower, my octave getting lower. Mm-hmm. Like as I was younger, I could sing so much, you know, higher and just like since, I don't know, after since smoking cigarettes, I mean, I stopped, but I, unfortunately I still vape, which sucks. But um, yeah, dude, like it, it's, it became a, what, what kind of tricks could I do it with my voice to like compensate for this being maybe, you know, a little on the lower, like just not, cause I mean, you know what, people respond to glory notes, you know, if you can tell totally. the top of this dude's range, like it's, it's a very dynamic and that's like a very um, visceral, like kind of like that you could have, you know, if you love music, you hear someone belting a note, you know, they're belting it. And that like makes it even better, you know, and totally. So, there's a, there's like a, like Paychecks a good example of a song where like I knew that that was the range that I had to play it in and I couldn't really hit the note the first few times. And it took like us playing it like a dozen times for me to be like, oh, now I feel very comfortable with this that I couldn't do a month ago. Yeah. I mean, it's, it def, that muscle memory will always, I mean, it'll get there. Like if you know, I mean, if you did it and you recorded it, you, you know, you can do, you know, eventually you're going to get it, but like live in a sense but like that even for me like parallels is it's either like a total train wreck or it's just okay like i haven't played it live where i've been like yes because it just was a perfect like comp you know if i mean i totally pro tool we pro tools cheated the fuck out of that (laughs) but i mean i can and i can get close but just the actual what we captured it was just like i was too like anal about like the nuance of each you know syllable and sin and everything so i never know how, how like much to take that stuff seriously you know if you really want to be like a like a nerd about it like oh you'll know that there's takes where you're like i nailed it mm-hmm. but do people really know i don't know yeah no they don't i think <laughs> i think it's all like at a certain point it's like i know that we got the takes but i want to provide like more and then if I if you allow me around any of the comping, I it's a mess because I'm just like, well, what did I do on the other take for this, <laughs> for this like word? And it's like, it doesn't matter. You got it right here. It's like <laughs> perfect. It's like on, it's right on pitch. It's good. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, like the attitude. And they're like, it's just one word. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. I don't think they noticed. I'm with you. And fortunately, Colin in my band, our bassist, he's a uh, he's like. He's like harmony guy. He loves vocal day. Like he loves to direct me and Chris and tell us what to do. That's awesome. Yeah. So I have somebody in my corner. You yeah, know? I, I wish I had one of the, I do have, I mean, they're all there, but they don't, uh, not as much like that. I, which I would love. <laughs> like, yeah. I just sent you our two new singles and the one, the one that I sing on, uh, it's, uh, what maybe we're like the most lax on it in okay. terms of like my performance, but uh, there's moments where I'm like really proud of an attitude, like the second verse. I don't know. I'll, I'll send you time code or something. Cause it felt like an attitude thing. No, I can. I like, I, I love that. By the way, I didn't listen to him yet. Cause I wanted to, uh, cause it was five minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was getting like, I was, my marriage was crumbling because I asked my wife to move um, just out of the room, not move like away. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's like, uh, Dude, like, it, I'm so I'm so stoked, and I I love like that, and I don't mean to like go off topic, but just mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it is, but like you're excited, your excitement about the new stuff, 
because like that's where I'm at, but we're just not to the release point yet, I guess, at this point. But um yeah, it's just like that excitement and feeling like this is my best stuff. This this we currently this is my favorite because we just did it and it's my best work that I've done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh it's it's an interesting relationship because you want you want to express appreciation to anybody who comes out because they like your old stuff and you really want them to understand this is what I'm the most proud of. And it is happening right now, you know? Yeah. Like (laughs) you're like, thank you so much. But also like, if you like that, (laughs) just hold on to your hats because this is, you're going to freak. Like I really appreciate it, but I don't want to play that five minute song because we didn't used to know how to cut songs. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. That's like, so I had, a 10 year anniversary for my first record just mm-hmm. last year and we did a tour of it. And that meant playing like a lot. Of, I couldn't bring myself to play the whole record because some of those songs are atrocious. Like, <laughs> and like some people were bummed and I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm never going to play that song. It's an awful song. One of them, I mean, I was 18. One of the songs has like a, just a flubbed note that we just left in there. It's like a flubbed, end note of a riff and i dropped a pick you can tell and i'm just like what it we just left that on the record I'm, and i i mean it's just an awful song anyway and it's not like you don't appreciate appreciate the support because it means it's more than just your song it's like their song because they as, as a listener you know have a certain ownership too um it's just i don't have to agree with that ownership of, of the music so i think i think that's a really good way to look at it you know it, it at a certain point they have a close relationship to you even though at one point that was the most important song in your world you know yeah of course and which is so weird too <laughs> just makes it all the weirder because i'm like yeah i know that was me that is that is where that came from but it's also not because I'm, <laughs> I'm that was like you know over 10 years ago or well before. i feel that way we had a so 420 2015 that was the beginning of our band and no we put, it wasn't yes it was <laughs> and we put out our first ep which is like not really online anymore it's on Bandcamp. and uh Who's that is that it's called vignettes oh, and that oh, it's I, not on spotify it's not on apple music it's, it's not Bandcamp. oh yeah i might have even dove that deep and really it's basically, it's five songs that I had written before we were even a band. And it was Chris's senior thesis project for his like major. And so wow. he oh, recorded wow. me and then Colin was my drummer. Matt was Chris's drummer. And we like put a, a oh, super group for nobody, you oh, know? That's, that's so, it's like perfect. And by the way, I, when I read your bio or whatever, mm-hmm. I was looking at you guys and I was like, they're independent. So they gotta be recording this themselves. And I got so jealous. Cause like, I'm, just now after 15 years i'm just now um since christmas have gotten like an, a little apollo duo and like got like mics and tried to start like really understanding some home recording because i just should you know yeah um and i'm just i mean you guys are sorry you guys i mean you guys i mean i'm so jealous that you can no. you know uh, you you don't have to be because that EP was ours. That EP we did by ourselves, but <clears throat> we took it down because the audio wasn't good enough. And we actually worked with our buddy Stephen Gomez. But you uh, still know what you're, you went to school. If you went to school for it, you have. We do know how to do it, but like, like that's. I just I'm I'm envious in like a 
in like I want to be that kind of way. No, I know I do too, but I'm I'm really not that guy. I don't have the brain for it. Like we, it wasn't that hard to get our degree, to be honest. And like Chris is a better engineer. Matt's a good engineer. Uh, I really just like to write. I just like to write and voice memo yeah. stuff. Yeah, I. That's awesome to hear because like that's. <laughs> I I'm trying like. I'm also trying to get better at this to get better at songwriting so that I could maybe be like a co-writer or like a ghostwriter for other people, you know? Right. Like, totally. Um, I don't know how pop I could get, but you know, like we released this song um, on Bandcamp uh, a week ago called mercy. Mm-hmm. And it was like a quarantine song that I, I wrote it like, and just, it was one of those programmed things, you know, and then my buddy or our, our, uh, keyboard and uh, uh lap steel player jeff he's in la and i sent the track to him he like laid all these layers on it and made it amazing and um it's just a, it was about quarantine i didn't think i could write one about it but it just came out really naturally and i'm super proud of it but it's a little we did we released it under the spill canvas but the other guys unfortunately weren't able to get on anything because it was just a home track you know you guys like, are all separate too yeah yeah i mean like no one really I just programmed all the shit. It was way easier. But that song is like a pop tune. It doesn't quite sound anything like the new record per se, but um, the the writing style is like, it is like, I just, I, that's kind of something I'm trying to like build up is like just writing all of these musical ideas, like 30 seconds to a minute of, a pop type tune or something, you know, like I just want to have a fallback plan. Cause I'm at the, I feel like I'm at the, I'm at either the precipice or another peak of, of my musical career. And as far as being in the, in the band, it'll either go one way or it'll start to slowly die down, unfortunately. Um, but we're just old. We had a good run and you're at the, like, the beginning. <laughs> I mean, seemingly anyway, seemingly. Yeah. I mean, I, you guys have been doing it for a long time, but also you have been through like a ton of, it seems like you've been through like a lot of band members, right. And a lot of lineups and a lot of, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, I mean more, yeah, more than I would have liked. I always hated the revolving door because it was hard for me to like, connect to the band then i mean that's like a tougher identity if you're like already not sure you know what's going to be for the project and if you're trying to write for pop stuff you need people to yeah work through it with you exactly and like like saves the day i love that band so much as one of my favorite bands but his it's just save the day it's just him and and he just tells her you know i mean not tells her but he just is like he's very particular and so it kind of the other people's flavor doesn't quite stick out as much. But to me, I bring just a nugget of an idea to spill. And like, I need those guys to like, let's all bloom, like let it bloom together, you know, or hundred percent. That's where it gets, you get some of the best stuff. Um, But yeah, we've had a lot of changes with the, with the members. And um, unfortunately the most notable one was the recent, uh, recent, and most recent one was our drummer and guitar player. Uh, they were like on in for, I don't know, 10, 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. And then they decided they didn't want to do it. And I don't care. I'm talking about it on a podcast because they don't listen to any of it. But yeah. they, just, they decided they wanted to be bought out of their part of the 
um, the legal stuff uh, of the of the business. And so it's I mean, they just it was a series of unfortunate things, but it came down to like lawyers and money and and like you're friends with these guys for like 10 years and you on this ride and like it's just like really like did it have to come to this like i just don't believe that it did and so that has me jaded and i'll always be jaded and i'll always um at this moment i'm unfortunately being a kind of childish about it and i'm talking shit as much as i can <laughs> dude I, I think i think it's okay and also like you know if, if you don't want us to like we can cut certain stuff no out. you can you can you can leave it i'm not talking shit i'm just saying yeah. it it's really um painful. yeah i mean you don't sound childish you sound hurt to me you know and it sounds yeah. like a like a, this stuff's hard dude we like cohabitate so much and and like like creative licenses is something that you want to be something that's everybody's and and you know at certain moments people feel like things are more theirs than than it might be and vice versa and uh yeah and it just sucks because that stuff can fester you know it's really hard to when you start and you're like, this is my job. And then, I mean, you gotta, in some sense, you gotta, the smart thing to do is to make your band a business. And when you do that, you have to, there's all this legality that's coming into your once just, I'm doing this for fun and for me, writing music, playing with my friends in front of, you know, people that love the music or that might like it, you know, like that essence is so tough to, it's so, you know, sensitive to like the volatile nature of like like legality like jargon you know what i mean yeah totally you inject like it's i mean because it is it's so like the language is ridiculous it's like what are you <laughs> like what are you saying in this like 18 page document it's purposefully you know <laughs> super confusing yeah <laughs> it's, it's like what a weird thing we did as humans like <laughs> and let's just talk in circles so that eventually you know it's just ridiculous how we do it but and by the way it's so expensive (laughs) ah dude like getting paid per syllable yeah and i mean it's i don't know the whole thing i don't mean i'm not bringing it down and i don't mean to you know i'm not sulking in that in any way i got out my frustration in the new record songs Mm -hmm. there's um which is what music is there for is to, to write it out, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I'm actually really curious cause the new record. So supposedly the new record was like going to come out around this time. Right. We were, well, uh, it was supposed, no, not really. Not really. Uh, I'd say, well, originally. Yeah. Like while <laughs> we were tracking it. Right. And then we got done tracking all of the, uh, instruments and we hadn't done a single thing vocally. And, it had already been a month, but that was the thing. We hadn't written anything. So for the first week, like we wrote a week in like two days, we wrote the whole record, which is 10 songs. So like, and we don't, we hadn't played together. Yet. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> it was two new members, a new drum. I mean, we played together on the like old stuff, but never like in a writing sense. So I had no idea what it would be like to write with our new guitar player and our new drummer. And it was hard at times, but we hit a stride because we just had to. We were like, well, we got to. We only had the studio for this long. And I didn't think it was possible, and it wasn't. So we worked up a little bit more money so I could come back and do vocals. Um, But at the time, you know, we had thought, you know, this is going to be great. We're going to, we have so many 
contacts that we can reach out to that'll love it. Um, hopefully we can see what a label has to offer before, you know, deciding what to do with it. And that turns into a long time of like mic mixing, just going back and forth, mix, mix notes, um, you know, and like just tours uh, that would got in the way. Um, but really it was just like, we expected more people to be down on the label front, but there was a lot of, because of our past uh, with Warner brothers, a lot of the people like, there's a lot of labels under Warner brothers now. And it, I mean, I'm trying to stay positive and not think it's because the record sucks, <laughs> but uh, cause I know it doesn't. I, yeah, I, I can't, yeah. It, it really doesn't. Even if it did, it did. And there's one good song off of it with a, with a, I mean, at least an established history, you know, a label, um, like you got to think a label would be down out there. So, I mean, there's just a lot of unfortunate, like we just don't have the, we love this, but we can't help because of the old relationship when, when you're on Sire. I was like, yeah, but that was, I don't know. I don't know if I even need that help though, you know, to begin with. Um, cause you can do so many things yourself now. And well, that's what, that's what I think is like what, you know, you guys have, uh, not necessarily like a legacy, be, legacy relationship, but you do have, you know, an audience that you can go to, you guys, you know, have, have tickets sold. And, and I've been to you guys shows, by the way, I was at, <laughs> Oh no. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I, okay. I don't know if you know this. We first met or we first met in Florida with you and Sarah, correct? Yes, correct. But uh, I saw you the year before because I uh, am friends with Super Whatever and Wild. So oh. I saw you guys at the Roxy. Oh, we did okay. We always do okay at the Roxy. <laughs> oh, that's like, oh, that's so relieving. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's cool. Oh, wow. That was an awesome tour. Super yeah, Whatever. that was a great show. Took off after that. They really did, huh? Yeah, man. That's, I'm happy for them. It turned a different sound entirely, though. Yeah, I know. Skyler's doing like a, like the last album was like not even 30 minutes. Oh, and it was totally like electronic. And stuff. Yeah. Totally. I, I liked him though, man. They were, and Wild. Dude, Wild was like all over a couple months ago. It was all over that commer that Jeep commercial, their new song. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh God, they got a Jeep placement. And I was dude, I went to the West and I was like, dude, congratulations. Like that's... <laughs> like perfect for the commercial too and i'm so happy for them they're like the most placeable band in the world very placeable <laughs> <laughs> like they were just and they're so sweet and like mm -hmm. that that kind of world like of writing a tune like that would be placed or like a, like writing that music that's kind of what i want to also do like on the side you know like if i could i don't know if i could but i want to try because I'm not doing anything else other than music for a job. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I kind of just, uh, I kind of just fell into a thing like that. I don't know what will come of it. Tell me, tell me. But yeah, I, uh, so, so I was telling you Steven who produces our, all the music that we have online. Sure. Um, we, besides what we did as Chris's senior thesis. So Steven, do you remember, uh, the Somerset? I do. It's those guys. Okay. So, uh, so the bassist and guitarist are brothers, John and Steven. And, uh, and they do that. They do like the pop writing. Um, cool. And Steven's a really good producer and John's a really good writer. And so uh, 
we're working on stuff where we're just doing like FaceTime sessions like this, basically. Really? Oh, and cool. And I'm sending them like, you know, just just a like 80 takes of me, and I'm just singing, and I'm I'm also playing banjo because it's kind of like that like like you know pop con- the the pop like folk pop folk yeah like the stomp clap hey hey oh exactly right <laughs> that's um, awesome oh i love that yeah and so it's just it's just a fun thing and it looks like you know i've never it's not a world that i'm familiar with but they yeah. are so i'm letting them guide you know it's it's a crazy Dude. different wow. thing that's amazing well i mean i will you know i'm not ashamed to um make you feel obligated to ask on my behalf if there's any room for another <laughs> writing brain um that I'm, yeah i'm i'm awful at like networking so i just i'm taking every opportunity i can get right. um like our old guitar player that we had for a while um when we first came back he now he was with us three years he's now in panic at the disco oh wow he got the call to like they're the like, call like they were like we heard a lot of great things about you um you don't have to audition i just we just want to hang and see if you're good a good hang and he was like are you serious? And like, they, I mean, like the whole, the, his whole life, like changed. I mean, we couldn't let him, you know, I was like, dude, dude go do that. Why? You have to, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a way too talented of a guitar player to just be playing our stuff. Cause he was shredding. <laughs> and, um, yeah. He, but so he like went and, you know, so I try to, I'm bugging him every day. Like, Hey, we got any writer, but it's like in LA, like, what, what are you doing now that you're like, fucking you know you hit it like hook me up dude and he's i mean it's pretty it's pretty um other than that i you know we just got our our uh, keyboard player uh jeff he's out in la and he scores film but i'm definitely not gonna be able to do that no that's a that's a whole different beast uh, oof, I'm, I'm not that good but so it's just like a collection of people and you're writing for a purpose like for for play- the purpose of trying to get placements yeah okay Okay. But, that's, yeah. That's so cool. But they want, because basically they've done this before with a different singer and that became a band. So their band twin XL is doing really well now. Okay. Uh, that sound. I mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's awesome. Still like that's. And so it just feels like they, you know, I'm kind of letting them take the reins cause I really don't know, but, but that world, yeah, but, but they, you know, they, they're, really good at it it's funny because they're brothers so they have like a really good working relationship steven feels very technical and and john feels really he's like really good at melody and uh, yeah. yeah yeah um, i i just love that stuff i just i'm it's such a world i want to get into more and understand more i just well because isn't the dream just like you know i can do my creative thing yes and i can also feel comfortable right yeah, like I can, I'll pay the bill. Like I don't need to, I'm not looking to live like lavishly. I never yeah. intended on that. I literally just wanted to be able to survive while playing music mm-hmm. in a comfortable way. When I don't mean comfortable like Tesla way, but like C- cushy. <laughs> a cushy, like a cushy way, um, like a Honda Civic way or something. <laughs> or like a Prius or something. Prius would be great, man. I want the mileage. <laughs> Dude, we got we have a Prius, but it's actually my wife's car. It's not mine. I don't, I don't own a car. <laughs> Your wife's ultra cool, by the way. Oh, she's way too cool for me. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah, she's awesome. It's like she puts up with, like, I don't even know why she's with me, dude. It's crazy. Um, she's like for sure 
the best part of uh she i think she helped get this like new record to be reality because i just was in a i mean i was going ahead with playing music again but like when i met her but yeah she's i mean just changed every everything for the better that classic um you know cheesy love shit yeah but i mean but it's good it's so good it's a real life muse man and also it just seemed like she was being really supportive so when i met you and i don't know if we want to go like too far into this but go for it yeah you were you know uh you came to our show in orlando and we lucked out that we had a super early show and it sounded like a time that you weren't really supposed to be leaving the house or whatever like you like you like she encouraged you you know oh yeah no i don't yeah because like i was going like so i have like i have this like disorder which she helped me get diagnosed which i had just Mm -hmm. been living with um so it's called schizoaffective disorder Mm -hmm. i mean i just you know i don't want to you know there's a lot of my own actions that are you know um that also play into like just how I like agoraphobia is not a, I don't really have that, but I have hints of it, you know, like it said, I, I don't want to go to into a public place with a bunch of people like all the time. Right. Um, it's very uncomfortable. I sweat and like, I just, it's like a constant, it's a, it's not a panic attack as much as a, like a slight panic, like tide rising, you know, like it's just overall uncomfortable. Um, where I used to get, you know, panic attacks. But so I'm sure concerts are really fun. Dude, con- dude, like playing the concert is so, is fine. Cause like I yeah. backstage to the stage. Cool. Uh, I can't quite go out anymore into the, like to the crowd. Like, yeah, because now we also do VIP stuff now as well. So I feel like that's cheating the VIP people that if I just go out, because we used to spend like two, three hours at the merch table, like, Dude, that's what we do. We we run our own merch table. You got it. We do too. Yeah, the our guitar player and uh, bass player they'll they'll do it, um, and then just have someone watch it while we're uh, members shows. Dude, I don't think they're gonna happen for oh, shows, man. I'm so bummed. We we're gonna do our first headliner, and it's just all I done. Know. I remember you saying that to me. Text you text me. I was like, oh my god, I'm so stoked for you guys. Like, this is amazing because I just want you. It just you like. There's some bands, and I'm not going to say who, and I don't even know if I know who. I just know I've heard some of these new bands that are supposed to be, like, great, and they're huge, and I was less than impressed on several occasions. And I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying, what's the deal? <laughs> this band is the fucking... Your band is, is where it's at. Like, that's a real fucking band. Thanks, man. No. That's crazy. You're, it's true. <laughs> like, why is that? Why is that not like fucking huge and you know, like a a new like fad? I mean, I'd rather. I don't know. I don't get it. I never get this industry anyway. So it's it, it's nuts when it hits, man. It's crazy. I, it really is. It <laughs> baffles me. But that's also the same. Like, uh, that's also the same algorithm or like randomness of the universe that i want to happen with our new album of course yeah meaning like i don't want it to i don't want to be like whatever i guess being on the radio doesn't even matter anymore these days but um i don't want to be like some arena band you know i don't don't think we'll ever get there either um but i i just want to make new fans because i love our old fans and it's great i just want to know that 
this like I don't know it's it's more of a it's a proving to myself kind of record because I I have like I have uh, I'm like constantly recovering addict and I've had you know a lot of struggles with that and like not being able to like even play guitar like just being like that just out of it and like not like I'm not saying I'm like fucked up but just being that like um like just body worn down you know and like not having the dexterity I used to like to where I couldn't play and so it's like a big proving to myself like can can we actually do this can we write stuff that's good and that could actually also elevate the the old you know fans um into like some or evolve some the old fans into some new fans as well you know um I don't think it's very likely but i'm holding out hope look i think i think there's a chance to me you know gestalt respectively is like a later record right and that's what that's really the most, resonated with me the most recent that was the most like recent full length, uh, right? full length yeah that was the last one with our uh, other two members it's it's tough because uh because there's something about like the nostalgia that's like okay so i know that we have this locked in and people want to have a relationship with us um but but I, I totally hear what you're saying about like acquiring new people and, and appealing to a new audience. You guys are, you're, you're like doing it. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. I mean, it just, it makes me happy to, to know that there's, I don't know. It's just cool to be like, look at that band. Like they're new and it's fresh and like they're, on, they're only probably slightly jaded with like <laughs> certain things, you know, like, and it's just, it makes like our drummer, our new drummer, he's, 10 years younger than me and like he's the reason he like gives me like excitement again you know about right. it. and i'm like oh yeah like i i mean i know in my head like this is an amazing thing that we get to do and i feel that all the time and i'm super grateful but when you're in the minutia and the monotony of like you know getting shitty sleep and and like and being isolated and then all you know whatever 500 people and then isolation and then you know um, it's such it's such an exhausting situation so exhausting, but he's so stoked he's that's, like that's good <laughs> yeah and, uh i uh no dude i mean anybody falls privy to it there's it's funny that like you know the, even though we've only done a few tours like you get to the last couple of dates and all of a sudden you're ready to go home and and it's it's not even that long before you start, you know, feeling like Groundhog Day and not quite appreciating it. And you're like mad at yourself for not appreciating it in the moment. Dude, every, like, I mean, not every time, but there's a part, there's a little bit of that that happens still. And I, and I know what to expect. There's nothing changes. I mean, you know, as far as the experience goes, it's so unbelievably cool to, to hear people sing your songs, even like if they, in, in your case, like, Hey man, you guys are really great tonight. Like I never heard of you guys and you guys were awesome. This is like, the best feeling in the world. <laughs> it's like, that's the whole reason we came. I'm yeah. so glad said that, you know, cause I want to, you want to connect. You don't want to, it's not like, um, there's not, that doesn't mean like, I don't care about being cool. I want to like write something that helps me in that moment for, with whatever. And like reflects upon my creative need to like get it out and then i want it to be able to be this like vessel through which someone else like a listener music lover or another musician it doesn't matter like can like appreciate and connect to in their own way whether it's 
you know, super deep about the lyrics or it's just this makes them feel good or it came on during a time they heard it during a time in their life that is special to them or, you know, maybe bad for them, but either way they connect with it. Like I just want it mass connection, you know? Well, what really connects to me is lyrically and, uh, and also the way you carry yourself, you're always so open, super honest and transparent. You know, even the fact that you're like open, like talking about mental health and with addiction and recovery. Yeah. It's a double, I got a double whammy going on. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to feel less alone from. And that's, I think what people appreciate it. It's, it's, that's, there isn't a price you can put on that in the art, you know, it's really important. Yeah. And that I could not agree more. I like, I didn't, like I recently, last year I had an incident where I, I ended up, uh, it was just awful. You know, I basically, I, I, I relapsed and I bought what I thought was heroin. I OD'd on fentanyl. Um, when I was doing heroin, fentanyl wasn't a thing. So I was just old, you know, dog out of his league. Didn't know what was going up. These new kids, <laughs> these new, these new junkies, what are they up to? And uh, <laughs> I don't mean to, I know that's, that's rough. I just, no, I, no, I, 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 have to, I have to laugh about it. Cause it's, uh, it's it, heavy, it, dude. It's heavy. It's super heavy. Um, but also, if you go to a meeting at at any point in your life uh, to NA or AA, uh, there's a lot of awful stories being told in um, in groups, and there's a lot of laughter um, because of those stories being told. And you know, it's like people laughing at it. Um, I, at least those are the meetings I've been to, and helped me, you know, get clean because you have. It's just too much to to let it be like this sobering reality because that reality is 24 7 so i'm like at any point in the day you could uh, you know, there's a moment where you could ask me and i would be like oh okay I will, i'll do those drugs sure you know what i mean like that's just it's just how i will always be until i'm gonna i mean maybe it'll get better when i'm like if i make it to like 70 or something but um i don't know how long i'm gonna i'm gonna last but you know it's like Anyway, so I went through this OD situation and it was just awful. And I, you know, I've almost died and I had never OD'd before. And I was six years clean prior to that. And like, it was just shocking. And I posted about it on Instagram um, because I wanted to, I just don't, I just, I don't care like what, you know, people think of me because I, because there's a certain, I mean, I want them to not think I'm a, you know, a mean or cruel person. Um, I want them to see me for like at least a, a decent person, but it's, it's like, other than that, I can't, because of being like the lead singer, I, I, if I care what they think, there's going to, there's so many people that even if your band is huge and amazing, there's so many people that hate your band. It doesn't, it just, or not hate it, but just don't like it, you know, and have something to say about how you look or like how you sing or whatever. So I just instantly have had to shut that part off and like not care. And so in the instance of this OD, I not caring was kind of a good thing. Cause I was just, you know, you have to be open um, when you're going to like a rehab facility or treatment and all that shit. Cause it's like, that's, uh, I mean, the issue is that you're, you're sweeping shit under the rug and you're escaping via, you know, alcohol or, or drugs, or whatever your vices is. And, and like the plan, the, the, the solution is to just be 
as honest as you can. And so I was hoping to like be helpful to other, you know, addicts that might be out there, people that are going through stuff, the people that live or love addicts, you know, or uh, family members that are addicts or alcoholics as well. And it was, you know, it was hard to know if I should, but I just, Sarah, Sarah kind of helped me and she's like, yeah, I think you definitely should. And I talked with the guys about it and I was like, did I post this? This is going to be helpful. And, you know, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I saw it and it really, it touched me and and I'm not an addict and I, I'm fortunate to not have to deal with those kind of things. I do have a lot of alcoholism in my family. Um, okay. So okay. I've had to deal with a lot of like, well, so I don't, I don't do anything. I'm, I'm completely sober. So not, or not even a little sip. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's amazing. But it's because I know that I'm like such an addictive type of person that I just never let myself touch it. Right. Dude, that's, I mean, that's the best, the best thing you could have done. <laughs> it's that first, you know, little bit that can, um, that is, that's the, you know, the catalyst for the slippery slope, as they say. But what I saw in that, and it, it was honestly really touching and really beautiful that you were that open with it. And I think I feel, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Like what you care about in the other people, it's, you know, it's like, I want people to think I'm a good person, but I don't care if they know what my downfalls are. I feel like that's like so generations ago to have shame about like what your secrets are. Right. Yeah, dude, it <laughs> is. Cause it's like, Oh, we're all messed up and like, we all got it. Like it's over. Just it's, it's, it's so much more, uh, it feels so much easier to live. And also it feels easier to deal with these issues that, um, are if, if they're just out in the open, like, yeah, is that, then I don't have, to, I don't feel shame that I have these things, but there are people that there is a stigma still around this, you know, and like, um, I, which I understand because a stigma or a stereotype is 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 you know generated from some type. There's some type of truth in it, or uh, on average kind of thing. And I know that sounds. Um, I don't know if that sounds bad or not, but it, they exist for a re a reason. Yeah, and that that's not to say that they're um, that they should be used, or it's not to justify their use, but you know, um, like I, I get why people are going to feel a certain way about it, but at this point, like, um, like especially addiction, it's like, so I know like a lot of people don't, uh, call, they call it a disease by and large. Um, as, as far as they, as far as I know, they still do. Um, so like you wouldn't go up to like a cancer patient and be like, why don't you just stop having cancer or, or like why such a, why are you such a piece of shit? Like you're just, you could just stop. I mean, I'm, I, this is a bad example, you know, no, it's, it's really not. Cause it's, it's the same thing where, you know, you have a treatment, which is facing it every day. And like, yeah, I don't know what cancer feels like. So how someone that, unless you've done exactly like what I've done or tried the, the things I've tried, like, and had, had your same experience too, and had your issues with them. Like, how would you even, why would you even think that you have a place to speak on that because you've never done it and it doesn't and like you know the holier than now thing like well i'd never put myself in the position well yeah i get that well i didn't want to do that either i wasn't looking to do that either like who does that's ridiculous 
um, who's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna set myself up for a possible life-altering just <laughs> hell of a of a problem um, by trying this right now. Yeah. Um, no, every time, like, this is oh, I should not do this, and it just it happens, man. Yeah. Um, and it's nothing to be ashamed of either. This like put our secrets in the closet, like the na- like present yourself to the neighbors, like just do oh, it's the, gross. the grossest dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always felt that it's like, I try to be really open. You know, I think there's a something like in therapy I'm working through, you know, I have very porous boundaries, right? You have um, porous. She calls it porous boundaries. Oh my God. That's so, it sounds like <laughs> I love talking to a therapist. <laughs> yeah. But it, and it's just like, so open to like oversharing and, yeah. <laughs> and letting other people's problems become your problems. And, you know, like it's apparently not healthy, but it's something that I've had a proclivity to my whole life. You know, How is that? That's, that's just me. You care. Yeah, I think that's what, at least what I've been telling myself, you know? Well, it's better than in this case, like in the instance of you, you should tell her next time, like, well, I mean, I have alcoholism in my family or whatever. And um, if you're saying I shouldn't be honest, you know, <laughs> uh, just try to win therapy as as best you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think it's good. And I, I also understand where she's coming from. And it's, and it's, you know, it's why I have such a codependent relationship in a lot of departments and why I want to help people. You know, I always wanted to help my parents like going through alcoholism. You know, I wanted to be the one to save. Right. I mean, yeah, dude, I, I, I don't know that feeling, but I, I've, I've seen that person and I know that role, um, all too well. I don't know how they feel ever. Um, and I can't say that I do and I, cause I never will, but I see the, the, the pain, you know, and like the, the despair and kind of the, the hope also the, and yeah. the joy. I mean, I just see how deeply that kind of stuff can affect the other people, your loved ones, you know? So, but that's, that's interesting that you, I love that you go to therapy too. So do I. I just, <laughs> yeah. I talk about aliens like all like in I'm well from the very little of, of your hive podcast that I heard I heard you guys were already talking conspiracies off the top it was well because yeah I mean I can't help it man like I just my whole thing is like why like why are we here you know and I know that sounds like like whatever and you're already speaking my language don't worry about it (laughs) why why am i why is this why is we as humans why are we here how come we think we know everything when just a hundred years ago it was horse and buggy and now look at what we're doing like if it's you have a computer in your phone with everything on it you know um or in your computer in your pocket rather um with like all the world's knowledge like 10 Fifth or fifteen years ago, whatever you wouldn't necessarily. Well, maybe you would have. No, no <laughs> smartphones, but whatever. You know, like we we're advancing so quickly, and it's like I just am so bothered and constantly weighed down with wondering why we are here, and that evolves into a lot of like spiritual growth on my behalf, and it has evolved into a lot of songs. It's evolved into the main concept of the new record. Um, but it's like, why would you, why would that not be the number one thing every day you wake up on your fucking mind other, you know, then it's just easy to get programmed into like 
got to do this, got to, got to pay my taxes, got to, you know, pay my bills, got to pay my rent. Got to. When you're in there, it's so hard to break that cycle too. It's so hard because I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying don't be responsible, but also like take the, you know, why, why can you not be responsible as well as literally wonder the, the biggest question that should be on everyone's mind is, Oh yeah. Why am I, what is this? So today, if I'm going to ask you today, what is this to you today? I know it, it's different. It, for me, it's kind of a playground and I like to think about it in different ways, but what, what is it for you today? Dude, today? Um, well, I didn't remember that we were going to do the podcast until an hour before. <laughs> That's, um, and, and understandably so. <laughs> an hour, like or half an hour before you texted me. Yeah. And I, so I was like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't get that text and be like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, cause just because I've... I even put it in my calendar. It didn't matter. And there's um, always that little nudge when you're like, I'm just going to send this text to make sure it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could tell it was that. And I appreciate it because there has been many times when it just, when I maybe was out, you know, doing something, but luckily now uh, Corona just got. And I'm so, and I'm so guilty of the, doing the same on so many occasions. Oh, so. dude, it's, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm flaky, but I don't mean to be ever. I'm so, <laughs> I, I feel awful and, and, and dumb when I do it, but. No, my, my intention is always like, I really want to do this thing and I want to be fully in the headspace to be present. So sometimes if I'm flaky, it's because I don't feel ready to take it on and I want to be. Exactly. It like, it will be, I'm not, it, it's, it's out of, I don't know. It's, it's, it's out of like a little bit of like, selfishly wanting it to be that other way but also like i promise you i'll be like i'll be what the i'll be the best most attentive version or whatever if i just like we reschedule <laughs> yeah totally i'm finding myself being more and more uh restrictive with people like turning down calls and then like calling that person back like even if it's 10 minutes later just to gather myself and it's dude that's weird i kind of oh wow i kind of might do that too a little bit it's, it's a new development for me and it's, you know, might be a little bit rude, but it's helping me. Uh, yeah. And no, it's like, you want to take control mm-hmm. uh, of the reins. Like maybe not that it's a control rooted issue, but that you're like, no, no, not now. I don't, I, what are you calling me out of the blue? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, let me, let me just figure out what's where I'm sitting with talking to you first it's, it, yeah it's really it's really just and you know i'm back at my parents house where there's like bad reception so i even get the excuse like i need to be upstairs to take care of this you know oh, gosh. <laughs> so then you got a whole it's a whole rigmarole you gotta go it is <laughs> uh that's funny i mean yeah dude that's like that that question though like where what is this what yes. why why is this why what are these like and we have dogs and we have oh there's you know what i mean like there's like I know that's just one thing. Um, <laughs> um, there's many other things that uh, come to mind. When oh, we got dogs. You do, yeah. Um, the, you know, it's just like this is so crazy and it's so overwhelming. But I love that feeling because it makes me feel like it, it just makes me question everything. And why would you not question everything to the fullest of the, the extent? Because we as humans we are, we have, we are liars. We don't, um, you know, some people don't intend to lie. A lot of people don't want to, but a lot of people do. And you gotta like, you can't believe everything you hear, but you also can't be some like the end is nigh like nut with, uh, you know, with a 
you know, with like, like pissing yourself on the street corner. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. got to hold your shit together, but I could see how those guys got that way, you know, cause they're like, if they have, if they, if you go deep enough, I mean, obviously it's drugs and alcohol a lot of times, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, or, or mental illness, but so this could be a little bit of my schizoaffective talking, but why would you not question that all the time until you were certain, which we never will be in our lifetime, I don't think. I'm hoping when you die, you figure something out. But, you know, like, why are we here? Like, what is this all? When, like, I don't know. Dude, listen, I, I hear you. I feel like I need more of this because uh, <laughs> I am always, and I think it's my programming. I think it's, like, what my dad had instilled in me growing up, just being a very, like, you know, uh, straight and narrow guy. I get that, by the way. I get the, I love that I kind of feel like I understand what you're talking about because yeah. of, of your lyrics of Paycheck. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Got it, got it, got it, got it. I know, I, I know you, like, I know. <laughs> right. That's so funny. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing is like, so I, I, opening myself up to the idea of what is this is something that has, you know, kind of been a a, a learned thing that is a good exercise for me. I was, I've always been such a, you know, I'm, I'm straight edge. I'm sober. I, I'm, I really don't take risks. I try not to. I like, yeah, I need more of, of the, of the, of the opening. And, and I've, and I've found solace in, in questioning more and not just accepting stuff and like looking at like the merits of different religions without being Buddhist, oh, yeah. you know? And like, mm-hmm. that's a big one. I, I definitely went down that gamut. I still kind of do. I, it's not like I know, I can't remember, but I re- it got me to read this book, just like the religions of the world. And like, I was like, maybe Taoism is like, a great, <laughs> you know, and, and then it's, but like, I just want to know about them because yeah. it's that thirst. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, you, you didn't. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's that, it's that desire to just, you know, not take things at face value. And, and I think there's a balance, you know, cause you do need to be responsible and you need to, you know, I, I very much am the neurotic one when we're on the road. I'm the, I'm kind of the stress nut. You're the okay. places. Yeah. yeah, I will for sure always make us late, and, I, <laughs> and then I'll get, but then I'll get stressed about it as we're like showing up late, or if we're getting on stage late, or if we're late to the VIP and it's me, and then I get stressed and I'm like, well, I'm the only one to blame here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just feel like I'm also pissed at myself, and it's yeah. like, which which splits my. It's like it's so weird, dude, to to have the the schizo stuff because it's like it's like there's more than one person living in your head, but <sighs> you can't like it's not an excuse, like you know, for any of your behavior, but it certainly is a reason as to why, you know. Um, no, and and it definitely sounds to me like a more appealing reason to be so open with people about what you're going through, so that they can kind of understand a little bit better, right? Especially out of safety, like yeah, because before I was diagnosed, like I thought I. I've always been a little paranoid, but I thought that there's someone outside our house and like when we first moved down here, Sarah and I, and I was like, I'm going to, I'm all right, I'm going to take care of this. And I was just had enough because I had heard all these sounds in my head, audible sounds, like, like clear as day, hearing like them whispering outside my window about, you know, they're going to break in and do this and just, well, it's just crazy, crazy. And I'm like, am I really hearing this right now? That This is, it cannot be happening. And I, Sarah's asleep and I was in this like studio room and I 
come out and I'm in my, in my boxers and I grab the biggest kitchen knife <laughs> and I turn all the lights oh, on. And I'm, like, I'm going out there and I walk out the door and then my boxers are the, like in this with this kitchen knife. And it's like, and it hits me like as soon as like I get outside and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> like I just, it was so, it was so embarrassing, but it also oh. like, I mean, I was so, it's so funny. I've told that story on stage before. I like, know, but dude, that's that's so wild. The money snapped too, and you're like, "Oh yeah, it snaps this, out." Like, this situation, but it's, what I'm holding, what I'm wearing. Yeah, like what am I? What am I gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna kill someone too. Also, terrifying, man. Like I, I just, it's such a. I have a logical brain that knows what's right and wrong, and that is not. Well, I at this point, I can't really say that because, well, I can, but I, it is hard to hold up because you know the paranoid delusions just are just part of life and I've, I've learned to try to treat them a little more um like accepting them and letting them kind of flow by like yeah yeah okay I don't know I'll never know if that's true just let it go like wow next thought please because that's like it's got to be cool with uncertainty yeah like I'm if I'm gonna which is which is awesome at this point in time right now for <laughs> being a musician it feels so uh, good yeah it's scary. <laughs> Wait, so I got to ask you, this is really for me, but like uh, long gap between your guys, like last full length record and then you guys coming back to it. Was that a period where you were like questioning if you even wanted to do music? I know you did like solo stuff for a second, but I just, I know that there's a maybe weekly struggle every once in a while. I'm like, do it. Is this what I want to do? Is this really it? Like, am I, am I good enough to do Yeah. Dude, all um, the time. That's my one of my things is like, you know, and you'd think I would just uh, being in therapy and, you know, I go to therapy as well with my with my wife and and um, getting on the right meds. Mm-hmm. You think with all the experience I had in the industry that I would have figured out the confidence thing by now, but I just I just haven't, and it's gotten a lot easier in a lot of aspects, but um, it's like. I, I was at that time, you know, the time you're referring to was really, that was the, um, so we released our, our last full length with Warner brothers and it was, we completed our contractual obligation with them. And, you know, what had happened was they, we wrote, we basically wrote Gestalt. We wrote like 18 songs, 18, 20 songs, um, the year of 2000, uh, 2009 um we just uh, had our own house like three of us lived together in sioux falls south dakota and that's how we are by the way three of us live together oh i miss it i miss it so much because then you it's like i i know that i right at this point in my life obviously i'm married and i would Mm -hmm. i I get annoyed with the guys just like they do me and you know for i'm like sweet tours over Hey, hey i'll see you the next time man i Doors closed, baby. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we were we definitely it'd be weird. We wouldn't even like talk to each other for weeks after we get home from tour because it'd Dude, be like that's how we get. <laughs> you, got, you have to, you have to, man. That's so it's too much of the person, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. There was a point in time where me and Colin lived together, went to the same college, had the same major, were in the same band. Oh my god, you. There's no. I mean. <laughs> oh escape i mean yeah i get that but that also what it can do is like a big thing that it uh benefits uh is the 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 you know the 
elusive gelling of people as as musicians you know like which sometimes is not that easy to the nonverbal communication right yes the whole like i know he's gonna like hit this maybe he's gonna come on the one or the two here or he's gonna change to the minor chord here like i know he's gonna go that way like that would you know it's just I mean, those are, that's bad examples of it. But no, no, no. I, I hear there's like, there's like crazy telepathy between like Colin and Matt as the rhythm section. They like walk in like crazy. Dude, that's <laughs> cool. I love that stuff. Like, I, and I miss that, but we, so we wrote this record anyway. We wrote the, like Gestalt technically uh, and demoed them out. Then I, I bought, I still have it. Uh, I bought home recording for dummies. And it, <laughs> there was, this was 2009. So they didn't have too many like you know small interfaces and home studio stuff but it was it was becoming a little in- industry and yeah i bought like a duet an apogee duet and then i got we got like a personas um like for the drums like a a rack unit for the drums i don't know how many what um inputs it was but and we didn't know anything and so we had the this learning curve to to learn how to just get this all down first of all as well as let's write some good stuff too yeah so we wrote we, they gave us a year off we and we were like oh this is going to be amazing like i mean we had had success you know with our last record and they let us do whatever we wanted so that we figured that would be the same thing again and we would turn in week like every week and a half we'd turn in about like a batch of songs and we're super stoked on them and they were like okay yeah um these are good let's just see what comes next week and it's like well i was was like okay well just listen to them again i know they're not good great sounding like they sounded like shit but the good the song was there you know it's a good song and um so they they didn't they, they said no to like 18 to i guess i don't know 18 to 20 songs they let two of them go through a song called Good Graces, Bad Influence, and a song called The Bone. Yeah. And uh, which were both on Formalities, which was released uh, on Warner Brothers, our last one on that label. And so, it, but what happened was they, they were like, all right, after the year, they were like, how about Nick, you want to go co write with these people, these co writers in LA, and really try to get a pop hit out of them? And I was like, oh my God. I, I'm so, I'm like so livid and I'm so sad. And I'm like, no, like I write with this band, you know, like this yeah. is you. And like, dude, and that I, would, that would tear no, me. It crushed me. And I, I was like fighting it. And our, like, I was fighting to the point of like tears. And like, there was our managers like, you, we just have to do this or we're going to, and they're going to drop us. And they're going to shelf, like, you can record whatever. They won't give you the budget and you're going to shelve it. And I was like, oh my God, you know, in my early 20s, like, this is raw. I can't believe I'm here right now. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. I went to LA and by that point, you know, out of like um, some just luck of the draw, I started like kind of using like taking pills uh, to like cope, you know, with stuff and that I wasn't prescribed. <laughs> and so I just like, fuck it. I'm, I was so bitter and like a dumb young 20 year, 20 something year old. And, I went into these songwriting sessions with these people and I just like spat out whatever, you know, and Warner brothers loved them. And they were like, 
oh, this is amazing. And I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and, like, you know, I'm just thinking of all these fans who would have been dying to hear those 18 tracks, you know? I, I mean, we, were, we had hit a stride and like, I didn't, I don't, again, didn't need to be like some big band. I just wanted to be like a longevity band, like, yeah. like Jimmy or Death Cab or like, mm-hmm. you know, like a long time, just good band. And like, right? Like, just a good, I mean, obviously they're, they're enormous at this point, but they worked for it, you know, and like they built it. And yeah, um, so they loved him. And I was like, whatever. And then came the time, <laughs> came the time to like, and the band was also like, the other guys in the band were like, so, okay. Like, they had to put their own spin on, you know, the songs that they didn't write, you know, that I, I would meet the guy. I mean, it was cool because I want to do these things now with songwriting, but I didn't want to co-write for the band that... Right, no, yeah, that's the thing. I'm totally open to the idea of doing this other thing that I was telling you about. Yeah. I'm not open to doing that in Arms of Kimba, you know? That's not what that is. <laughs> that's exactly uh, the opposite of what that is. If it's another, any other way, then let's do it, call it something different, you know? Right. It's a different but, project. Yeah, so that happened and that was uh, also the start of my addiction. So I had to go into the studio like and record these things and these lyrics that were also written, like co-written that I spend like, I'll spend, sometimes they come out quick, but I'll spend a long time on lyrics because I want to say things. It's like, how do you say I love you uh, over three minutes without saying those three words at all? You know, like Mm -hmm. how do you stretch out some simple like, core meaning and just say it in the most extravagant way like or the most interesting way I've just always been so fascinated with words and like I think that sets so I'd like to think that sets our songs apart in in some ways or our music apart in some ways um from the from being just you know a mediocre rock band which we kind of aren't but um (laughs) (laughs) I like I I I come for the lyrics so Oh hell yeah! <laughs> well, I I like yours too. So <laughs> there we are, just stroking each other's ego. Just- I have this I have this track <laughs> that I just wrote that it that I didn't I couldn't even tell if I liked it while I was writing it, but I was like, it's coming out, so it's coming out. And yeah. it was like the last the last line mm-hmm. I nailed whatever idea I was trying to get on the last line, and now I'm like, do I go back and rewrite the whole thing? I don't even know how to capture <laughs> like- the mood of that. Was it? Dude, I, oh, I love that. Well, that's that's also kind of a bummer, but it might be just <laughs> how that song. Like, do you do you, do you feel the the previous stuff before that line? I mean, the rest of the song, I guess. Then, you, do you feel it's like doesn't stand up to that line, or does? I have no up? idea. I think it's not as good, but I I really haven't approached it since I felt that way. I love that you don't know because that's where I, that's where I'm at all the time now. all the time <laughs> i'm like is this i have no idea is this good like i think we suffer from the same complex the the the, the confidence and the in the um the imposter syndrome of imposter syndrome dude. dude like i'm not supposed to be here but if you're if i fooled you this <laughs> right? this far to get in this far i'm gonna try to keep fooling you because this is awesome you know yeah, like and then you go like there's this song by the way that i love and i think it's the one and i think it's gonna pop off entirely and then like the algorithm is like actually i disagree by the way. <laughs> yeah dude it's always that way like well i guess not, i haven't really went with uh we didn't push gestalt either which was mm-hmm. 
that was just uh, that was a, re- a release that came together after I got back from rehab because I went too hard and I was all like pouty about the Warner Brothers stuff uh, mm-hmm. working out that way. And, you know, I was just it was just it was what it was. But we wanted to do it right and be like, let's record those songs, at least that we wanted and intended to record like and Gestalt came out and super happy with it. But um was also the last time that our old drummer and guitar player uh, were in the band. So a little, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer that it went the other way, but still super proud of that record. And um, I think there was a time after that when, you know, when I did my solo record, it was just, I, I, was, I those were all old spill songs. Right. It's just like, and I, I mean, with the exception of a few people, like the lead singer leaving or the lead singer's like solo project where it's just his name, like the only one that I can think of that has done like well or better is like City and Color. Um, but, Very much so. That one launched a career. But he didn't go by his name. That's so the true. thing. Anthony, yeah. Anthony Green does all right. But like they don't get as like people aren't as emphatic as they are about like the band that you came from. It just is tough to shed that, you know? It usually has to be a huge pivot, I feel. A huge pivot. Um, I can't think of like a big one that worked, you know. Um, um, like Stevie Nicks, not really. It's. F- I think uh, you know, like Julian Casablancas does some cool stuff. That's you know, but it's still called the Voids. Like it's still a different band, you know. There's still like guys where it's a different thing. Yeah, like, like the Thrice guy, Dustin from Thrice, mm-hmm. Dustin Hensfrew or whatever. Um, but yeah, like City and Color, you know, it's like the that was also a pivot that was like an intelligent thing where it's like this screamo post stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, it's kind of just going to stay in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of, I mean, it did, it, it came to warp tour, I suppose. But. Yeah. What's your relationship with, with like emo-ness? How do you, how do you feel about the term emo and pop punk and all that stuff? I mean, I, so I'm 35, I'm 35. <laughs> Slowest <laughs> reveal. God. <laughs> embarrassing i i don't know Uh, so um 35 um and like the when i was 13 um i I, like went to my first show it was at like a it was i lived in south dakota all my life that's where i was born and raised um Mm -hmm. and and just just to cover it uh what what brought y'all to florida uh yeah yeah so i live in orlando now with my wife sarah um sarah got a job offer down here um and to to open one of the clothing stores she works for this women's clothing store um Mm -hmm. called free people and um they're part of like urban outfitters and stuff um they have a they opened a store in anthropology uh, right anthropology anthropology as well hell yeah (laughs) you know the aesthetic (laughs) um you got it down. Um, yeah, dude, like she got the opportunity to, um, they offered her the job of opening the Disney Springs location down here in Florida. And she, um, it's a brand new store, you know, and she is a Disney freak as well. So, so it was like her dream job. And I'll, I'll have you know, like I am a sweaty person by nature. I just, <laughs> I just have hyperhidrosis. Um, Let's get you in a humid zone, my friend. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's like. And she was like, we're in Orlando. And I was like, oh, my God, the things I would do for this woman, you know, like, (laughs) 
I mean, I've now I, I, I've grown to enjoy it. Uh, the amount of sunshine has really uh, made me notice like immediately upon moving here, like that I was, that's the sun affects my moods, but, um, yeah. So anyway, um, take me back to emo. South emo Dakota. Yeah. Emo South Dakota. Like the first few shows I went to were like these pop, pop punk shows, um, that I had heard, you know, there's flyers at the local record shop called Ernie November. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the record shop. And and you'd go and you see the, all the flyers on the door and you're like, what are those? And like, it was, it, they'd be like VFW halls, Knights Columbus hall, um, or like just an address and it'd be at someone's <laughs> garage or someone's basement. And dude, I saw, I mean, when I was in high school, like I saw, um, the, the coolest thing that happened was during a snow day, uh, the show was still going on at this dude's house. Um, it was this band, this local band, Billy music. They were, they were touring and we were like, I knew the the lead singer's brother. And I was like, I can't believe your brother's like touring. What is that like? You know? And yes. like, and they, they were kind of considered emo. I suppose they would be like, uh, I love the first example. Like the first person you, you meet that like does a thing, you know, like, yeah. I remember, oh my, God. I remember my buddy's band. I went up to college and so my high school band broke up and then my guitarist like played in a new band and they started like getting festival spots and they opened for Mac DeMarco. And I was like, what? You know? I, yeah. It's like <laughs> so crazy. And you're like, you're doing what? And like, I wasn't even in, a, I didn't play music at this time. I played guitar kind of. Yeah. Like I just, I, I had put out, okay. When I was 15, I had put out a solo record. You're never going to find it. Um, <laughs> my dad paid for it to be like pressed and like make like shrink wrapped and everything. I, I have an album from 15 years old in that high school band too. So, Oh, oh dude, it and is. You can find it. <laughs> oh, fuck, Dude. It's like, I mean, but that's where we come from, you know? And, I was, well, anyway, like I saw on this snow day, I saw the, the buddies band who was touring and came back from tour, but they were on tour with this guy. They're like, yeah, he's like, just plays by himself with a guitar. And his voice is like, he's like super good. And I was like, just by himself? Like, what yeah. is that? And it was, to- it was dashboard. Oh, and okay. like, and it was, and it was right before, like Swiss Army Romance hadn't even come out yet. Mm-hmm. He was by himself and he played to like, I think 10 to 12 people in a basement that I was in. And I was like, I had known what early emo was because they were calling like get up kids and stuff like that emo. Yeah. Um, for, like I would subscribe to these uh, like CMJ magazines and stuff, which is like the, which was the, or the coolest thing at the time that I could find that was like cool new music, you know? It's very MySpace era. Yeah. Yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> and like all these bands would come through, you know, because we'd be the weird stop that they need to get to Minneapolis or like, you know, but they were driving from my Wyoming and like, yeah, like we I, hit, we hit Fargo. <laughs> yeah. Oh dude. I lived there for a year. It was awful. I <laughs> chased the girl up there and i worked for Pepsi. It was so bad. Um, yeah. Luckily I quit and came We back. had a great show. That was the thing though. It was like, they liked the, they're stoked that you're there. You oh, know? Yeah. And actually, that's true. The last couple of times we've been there have been like ridiculously. They get a little sauced. They get a little... Sure do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's just what you're going to do up there. Uh, all the depression and snow. Um, no, like, yeah. It's like, uh, 
it, it, it's that the, the Dakotas in general is just a tough tour spot, man. Mm-hmm. But like the first inklings of shows I was going to and seeing the first and hearing that word emo was like, it had started to change a bit when, when everyone in the scene, my local scene heard a, a sock like dashboard, you know? Right. Um, Cause it was like, Oh, he's like bright eyes, but he can sing better, you know? Totally. Um, <laughs> no, offense, no offense to Connor, because Connor's amazing. You know? Literally the greatest legend of all time. But yeah, part of the appeal is the lisp in the in the monotone. You know, the lisp and the in the shaky. You know, like yeah. how do you how do you make how do you not sing a melody and make that sound cool? Like it's so sick. <laughs> it's much more. Um, it's much more like amazing than I think people give it credit for. But my buddy, my buddy calls because it just bred such a such a uh like a type of performer you know like so many people are he calls them cloner obersts (laughs) dude there's no way because he's he was so original yeah and there's no way you can even come close without i mean you might even not be influenced by him but you sure as hell would would love him if you heard him you know if you if you end up if you sing like that and you have that like i don't know i can't even do it that timbre is so like out of my it doesn't make sense to me you know in a cool yeah dude there's this one that that reminds me i don't mean to by all means i'm not name dropping because we already talked about it but bright eyes like commandeered our tour once and headlined a show so we were on tour with copeland um yeah amazing and like i loved it because i have a long history with those guys it's uh and it was just so cool to get an opening spot with Copeland, right? And then we get to gla- the glass house in Pomona, California, and um, there's like a bus parked there. And we're like, where do we park? You know, we're obviously not in a bus. We're in our van. And um, Copeland's in a van too, I think. Mm-hmm. And and like, so we go in and like there, and this was the show I was like, well, there, there hasn't been drawing like, that many people like the glass house like opened up is like i don't know like it's like eight maybe it's like a lot right no it can't be i think it's like 1500 or something really i thought so you might be right you might be right i think i've i mean i've been there to see connor and the mystic valley band no way yeah but it might have been closed out and it was like kind of a secret show and he had like okay so a special guest you know he does this so we walk like i walked in and like um it was like I was, all these people i was like well, i don't know any of these people are and i was like are we at the right place like are we playing here <laughs> and they so they we, we end up just hearing from whoever that um bread eyes is well, asked at copeland if they could headline the show tonight he's just gonna do a uh like an hour hour and a half <laughs> and, and obviously copeland was like yeah that's fine and he announced a secret show and it sold out so like we played, I mean, first of all, I got to just, I, I didn't, I mean, very briefly met him. Sat, I sat down on the couch and he came and sat next to me in the back room. And I just was like, Jesus Christ, dude. And Jenny Lewis was there. So sick. Dude, and I was, I, I was just like, I'm, you know, out of my element. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I love being on tour with Copeland and it's so cool to watch him and but I'm like in tour mode and I'm not like even prepared for this at all. No. And all of a sudden you're at the cool kids table. You know? Yeah. And, and they're like, they're like bringing wine and they're like, 
do you guys want any wine? And I'm like, like, it was just like, I couldn't, I mean, I was frozen. I'm not going to say anything, you know, that's going to be, and he, um, he just said hello. And that was it. And then he went on to perform and he, it was funny because he complained the whole time because they didn't have their LD guy. He complained to the lighting guy because his, his harpist can't see her strings if, if the light is red and he just kept saying that and he kept going and talking <laughs> to her, kept talking to her after every song and like, and he'd be like, she would tell him like, I, you could see her like, I don't know. And he's like, <laughs> so it was like a little bit of, it was almost funny cause he was getting pissed, but it, like he kept like needing the light guy. I mean, like I wasn't really getting it, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was by and large, like the craziest thing that, I mean, has ever happened in that i mean no one does that who does that? who does that who goes yeah hey we're just gonna be here tonight and do you mind if we play your show as in headline because sell it out yeah sell it out because we're us and also you're gonna be cool with that right like <laughs> like yeah we were all so stoked about it like, <laughs> isn't that funny uh, to have the kind of like clout where it's like actually i'm excited that you took our thing <laughs> dude yes take that i don't even we don't need to play tonight i didn't even want to play that night i was like we don't even have to play. Like we, yeah. I, I cut our set. I think we cut our set in half and I was like, cool. Thanks. Have a good night. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. For, I mean, honestly, it makes good sense. And then you just play your hits and the people who do see you at least get to see they a see, guaranteed best yeah. version of you. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But it was like, dude, this is something else is going on tonight. I'm just here for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you're also saying that like, it is so true. Like the way emo shifted, you know, like it became a different thing. It was like get up kids and even like Fugazi. It was like promise what? ring. Yeah, yeah. It was like the promise ring. Texas is the reason. Um, uh, I guess you you could throw Braid in there, which is kind of where I got the name of Spill Canvas from there, from hmm. Braid album Framing Canvas. Um, like early emo is like um, a lot of that stuff or like Deep Elm Records, Jade Tree Records, um, American Football. Yeah. Well, but what I like is you, cause you get lumped in to a, to a scene and a vibe. I know. And you really don't sing like that to me. Like I hear a lot more like nineties twang, like alt twang, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you for saying that. I that means so, yeah, I have no idea how much that means. Um, well, dude, I'm aware of it because we ride the line. Ride the line. Crazy I, resurgence of emo now. There's this, uh, which is cool because that, but that's not, it's different there. I just, it's really different. I stick to your guns. I will say that because you guys have a, have a place. You have a special place, all your own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it is above that. And it's not to say that some of that isn't good, but the ones that are good are also above that in some way. You know, if, if those that are good at that certain thing, there's only there's no like middle ground. You're either washed away with all of them, like in the sea of just that stuff, or you stand out. And you guys for sure stand out. And I would like to think, even if a little bit, that we stand out because I don't sing like that because I can't sing like that. Well, dude, that's that's why you say that to me because I'm like they're in the scene, and I hear it in the instrumentation sometimes in the way like thrice or something like that yeah. is considered the same scene you know yeah that's not like, it's that's really not, it's really just that we the same type of person listens to it you know there you go yeah this uh, yeah 
yes, by and large, yes, mm-hmm. I think so. And not that's, necessarily like scene kids, because then there's there's for some reason hyper granular uh, like subsex, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's very super, um, very specific. Um, <laughs> that is funny, and that's just so exhausting to me when it gets to that <laughs> that, that scene level. Um, like there's only going to be ten of us in this entire state that even know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and also like what it just. Why can't you call it like rock? You know, <laughs> what happened to that? Like alternative wasn't different alternative, enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, dude, it was funny. I was registering this song, so we this song. Oh yeah, this song, Mercy. I forgot mm-hmm. to say we, we're donating 100 percent of the proceeds to the. Uh, it's on Bandcamp. You want to play Mercy for the second song that you played today? I can't play it on acoustic. Oh bummer. Okay, no worries. Uh, I don't know. It has no. I probably could, but so I programmed the bass and the synth and the drums and everything, but the, it hits like, it's really hard to play and sing with, cause it like, I need that like rhythm. False alarm then go back to telling me what you, okay. well, all right. All um, you guys are donating. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were uh, donating to the Co- music cares COVID relief fund. Um, Sweet. And like that music cares helped me. Like when I was going through, um, uh, some some rough times and like they helped me pay for uh, treatments when I was you know like it, it's it's run by the Grammys but they like they have these you know certain um, there, uh, there's a few you know it's like set of standards to qualify and like it's like for workers the music industry as well not just like artists like yeah. uh, you know people like there's so many people that can get affected by this um or you know this pandemic and you don't think about some of those people that were like like yeah maybe that arena band can't tour but that all that staff on that arena band like the lighting the crew like like there's so many people also yeah Yeah, exactly and so music cares like it's 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 exactly what it sounds like and they just they're so awesome and they they just they do their best to to take care of you know those um affected by by anything including this pandemic so we're donating 100 percent of the proceeds to to that um so if you can check it out it's at the spill or wait the spill and uh, that's my plug for that nice thanks for playing that honestly that's yeah. uh, no that's, it's cool i was gonna apply to that <laughs> i did apply and the, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting on my check yeah they, okay good I'm, yeah you should dude do you have I you know, not already i haven't i haven't because uh I have a really bad landlord and I don't have the lease part of the, oh, shit. the thing. I can't get the lease. And so I, I don't know what to do about that. Um, dude, just, I'm they, just gonna it and let them know. seriously, like they were, they, they loosened restrictions since yeah. COVID thing. And like, okay. and she got, I can give you, um, you got the packet though. You got, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, dude. Yeah. Seriously do it. Cause it, that little bit that they're, I think they just blanket, like gave out a certain uh, amount um, to everyone and, and like that it, it's it's helpful it's super helpful um but yeah dude like that i don't know that um the the genre defining stuff is is hard because i was uploading that song mercy and they were like what genre is it and i was like looking through and i was like oh my god like look at that and like do you want to include like tags and like subsets yeah. and i was like i don't know like it's just alternative it's like like pop alternative because uh, it, it was didn't yeah. have the band in it so there's just there was like banjo jeff yeah. banjo and like slides so it was more pop alternative like stuff and and it was just like 
um, Bandcamp's uh, like recommendations when you're putting stuff up as an artist are like tag, like why tagging matters. And it's like, I don't think that's, I mean, but I guess I got to play. They say it matters, man. And it's super annoying to do. Like I don't believe that some of these things are going to help like get my band in the ears of people that weren't going to listen to it already. One of these days I'll sit through somebody else's podcast where they tell me about how important metadata is, but I'm pushing it off, you know, until that day I have a hard time like just accepting it, but I know it works in some aspects. I just, I hate that it's come to that because I was in the industry before that happened. Yeah. (laughs) When it was like, you got to be good to be, well, I think what's more frustrating about it is to think that somebody is being heard because they're good at tagging metadata and somebody isn't with a way better song. Like a band that should be, oh, I've, I've, I've felt it and seen it happen re- recently and it's so annoying and just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah, man. And just, I've, oh, I mean, it, it's always going to be that way, but yeah. I mean... That's we gotta play the game, dude. I'm so stoked to hear these two tracks. Can yeah, I I'm, can I send you a couple? Oh, please, I want to hear everything. Can I run you through the uh, the lightning round questions I got? Oh my god, I didn't. You have that's such a good idea. <laughs> um, all right, can you tell me the best show you've uh, you you've ever played? <sighs> okay, yes, I know exactly. I don't know when, but uh, it was in Toronto, Canada. Um, it was like 2000, uh, 2008, maybe. Um, we played this theater, and I don't can't remember where. Um, I wish I remembered. That would, I know that it's that doesn't seem like that would be like the best show we ever played there if I didn't remember. But <laughs> I just, there's so many places, um, and I, I I haven't really. It's Canada, so it was a it was different cause I, it's not like the U S where I, I know a lot of those venues. Um, right. Same. So it's in Toronto, Canada. Um, and Lenny, Lenny Kravitz was there the night before and, Whoa. and, and like, uh, under, well, this was just a little cool, like made me feel super cool. Um, <laughs> fact, um, he had undersold it by, by 200 people and we had sold it out. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, and that hearing that right at the beginning of the day when we walked in, it made me so nervous. And I was like, Oh God, this place is big. And like, it was just, it was when we were pulling, we were pulling a lot of radio numbers and like bigger numbers back then, which was still cool. It's, there were still numbers, you know, that I, I'll play in front of one person if, I mean, if I really, I'm equally as nervous. <laughs> um, Sometimes more so. You gotta make that contact so much. Yeah, if the crowd is like real small, <laughs> ooh, that's rough. And because it's, I get even every because then you're like, well, there's no way that all these people, like the odds are, they're at least half of them are gonna hear me fuck up. Yeah. Versus, like if there's more people, you just have a better, a better <laughs> opportunity that you know. I don't know that that's just that's weird logic. But we we whatever we played like I'm so critical on our on our live performances. I never am happy and but i do have fun but i'm literally like never happy afterwards <laughs> i'm just like what's what's the, what am i doing why am i even doing this and like everyone everyone knows how to deal with me now you know they're like <laughs> yeah no i mean i heard that because they, you, you gotta be honest with me like that you fucking heard that 
voice crack or like that, you know, for guitar flub or like that, you know, maybe if someone else was doing something and I like, I just, I get so anal about just, I want to be perfect and I know we never will be, but I, I love the 10 minutes after the show, like 15 minutes afterwards, I'm able to like decompress and it settles. And I love it. Cause I love trying, I want to be better. I, why are you doing this? If you aren't going to try to be better every time, or if it doesn't give you satisfaction to, to work at it, you know? Yeah. And like, granted, I'm not some, you know, you think with that attitude, I could like shred, but I can't, <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's like, it's just, that was that show in Toronto was like, just popped off, man. It was, I could not believe the energy that was when you're getting that back, you know, and you're like, and the hairs in the back of your neck are standing up and then they're singing when they're singing along and you're like, and you are feeling so in tune with each other. And like, you just are clearly entertaining these people, you know, and you're like, this is what I've, I cannot believe that I'm doing this right now. <laughs> well, dude, that's usually my barometer for like how good a show is. So I, you're making me feel like not perfectionist enough for like not beating myself up, but usually like my range is like, if it, if it, if you feel the energy and you feel like people are loving you, like that's really what determines a great show, right? That's it, man. That's it. Cause I, I've played some, I personally have played like I've had a poor performance on my end where the, the crowd was like, off the hook mm-hmm. and they didn't either notice or care that I loved certain things or straight up like I've forgotten lyrics and just stopped and like started like laughing and like and then said into the mic like as we're still playing the song like I'm like I for, I don't remember the words right now <laughs> you help me and like I do know <laughs> and I feel so stupid and like then but everyone you know the band's like dude people love that shit and I'm like they do what? it's weirdly endearing but that's the thing. I fucking hate it because <laughs> it's like I'm up there. So it's so out of my personality type to want to do that and be in front of people. But so I have to wear this mask of confidence and like mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, that mask is like unhealthy if I, you know, it's a, it's that's where all of my ego lies is in this mask that I only wear when I'm playing music in front of someone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's like yeah. So that sh- that show, uh, if this is supposed to be lightning round, I mean, fat chance. No, no, no. Just just in that, <laughs> I repeat these questions. Uh, <laughs> but I like that, and I also really like the bright eyes story. So I'm gonna let the worst show questions slip because I usually ask that one too. But I like the bright eyes one. Yeah, those are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Can you tell me the biggest? So it'll be like just the biggest lesson you learned about each of these things. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned about touring? Um, that, I mean, when I want, when I began touring, it was, it was exactly what I wanted it to be, which was just like being able to play like house shows or, you know, um, like VFW hall shows to like new fans that might I just wanted to play my music in front of people that hadn't heard me at the coffee house every weekend, you know, when I was in uh, South Dakota. So mm-hmm. wait, say the question again. <laughs> <laughs> just what's the biggest lesson you learned about? Biggest lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. The biggest lesson I've learned is, t- 
I tried to talk my answer out of myself. <laughs> you want to try a different one? Maybe it'll feel uh, better. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because I don't know. Um, biggest lesson is like, I think it's gratitude and, and like gratitude and um, like acceptance. Cause like you have to live around these, with these, with these guys in your band and as much as you love them, I mean, humans are humans and you will eventually get annoyed at each other cause you're around each other all, the t- all day, you know? Mm-hmm. Amen. And, but you, but then when you get up there and you play, like you could be so annoyed or even some bands are super dysfunctional and like fight, you know, um, which we have those every once in a while, but it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty rare, but you know, like, you're around them but when you get up and start playing with them and you look over and you're like that's your brother you know that's like you're like you're in this together and like you it's this accept like when i say acceptance and like the sense of like um accepting people for who they are and loving them and you know for who they are because you get i mean not because you get tested to that degree but because literally because that's uh, the reason you're out there is because I mean, you're not going to be out there by yourself, you know? No, yeah. and, and also acceptance sounds like such a, uh, a mentality that you probably get from like recovery too, right? Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it too. And like also accepting people's compliments, I have to just... That's hard. <laughs> uh, I mean, doesn't I? it's been so long that I've been like having to deal with that. I know that sounds really cocky. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. I know exactly what you mean because people come to you and tell you a thing and you're like, but I'm a fraud. And I'm like, but I totally, and like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I wrote that song. Sure. But like, I, I, I'm not that, but I'm not that though. Like, no, that's no, no, no. why I wrote that song. It's cause and then I'm, you think about you, the people you look up to and listen to and you're like, but they're, they're that thing. It's like, they feel the same way. I'm different. Like I'm not real, <laughs> but those guys are like, <laughs> oh. it's so true. That's, what, about the, what about biggest lesson you learned about writing? Uh, biggest lesson I learned about writing is to, um, is that environment environment does play a bigger part than I let that I typically have and like pattern based uh, like it, as far as like my past patterns than I have been used to but environment is is kind of everything like I can't I'm not one of the I guess for me personally I'm not one of those writers that can just like get in and just be like cool boom like there it is there's the song you know like i i it has to be a good environment um because i my writing brain is so obsessive and meticulous and like needs to i mean i can vibe out on something but since i don't smoke weed anymore which has been a long time now vibing out on something is is a little more uh it's not, it's almost, it's, it's almost like exhausting for me to like write in a really a cathartic way. Cause I just, I have to try every, I have to go down every little path, like pathway that my mind illuminates. Like how's, how's the writing going with this whole quarantine for you? Cause I, I, I know I'm having trouble and I was, it was really exhausting and like, yeah I like popped a valve and was able to write a bunch of songs recently Okay. And I was like feeling too lazy until then to even do anything. And now that I'm doing it, I don't really have a semblance of like how good it is, but I, I'm happy that it's just even happening. You know, that's so that's dude, that's crazy. That's dead on. That's like, that's pretty much exactly how I felt. I 
you know, the first couple weeks that Sarah was home, like, um, we just watched, we watched, I caught, like I said, you have to watch all the Marvel movies. Like <laughs> I did that this year and there was no quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I, I get it. It's that's the other thing. This quarantine is like, Oh, I kind of would be doing this already. To be <laughs> right? You said you're agoraphobic to some degree. Like that'll do it. Right? And like my friends are the guys in the band and like, that's about it. So like, <laughs> I'm, you know, it's, it's, and that's just how this is how I am. But um, no, the we watched. Uh, I, she was like reluctant, so you know we started with first Iron Man and like mm-hmm. uh, up through up through the Avengers, all that stuff. And um, we did that, and then we started. Her, the whole deal was, I'd start watching Lost. I never watched Lost because I didn't. I didn't want to get caught up in all the Lost hype. And I, I'm also a hype avoider. I'm a hype avoider. It, I'm Sometimes like, it's fun to miss a phenomenon. I would. I prefer it that way because. Uh, I don't know why, but initially when something's popular and I hear about it, I'm like, why well, that's, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to listen or let I'm not watching Tiger King. I'm just not doing it. Okay. So I, I, I was one of those that stumbled <laughs> upon Tiger King, like fresh, just new. It yeah. was, it was like maybe came out the day of, day or of. Yeah. The next day. So I was like, look at this thing. And I watched the trailer. I was like, look at this. And me and Sarah were like, okay, we're watching this, but at, if I hadn't watched it even a week in, I, I'd be like, I'm not watching that. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I can't do it. it. It there's something in my head that's like, if a buddy tells me to like, or like, if any of the guys in the band say you should listen to this, I'll like it, it'll. I'll, I won't listen to it for like two days. I'll still yeah. listen to it. Right, right, right. I'm like no. Or like Evan, our guitar player, loves Phoebe Bridgers, and he's like obsessed with her, and like thinks she's so pretty and uh, like loves her and i'm like he's like yeah have you heard that and i'm like no not i'm, I'm not i don't want to i'm not going down and then the other day i listened to what her one of the songs off her new record um, yeah uh no the it's the other one the, Guard song. another one just came out. yes and yeah. i was like oh god this is so <laughs> And I was like, okay, now I'm ready to, I'm going to get it at my pace. I'm going to like. It's so funny, dude. We're so guilty of doing that. Me and Chris both do that in really different ways. I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I won't watch Tiger King. I'm going to miss a bunch of phenomenons and I'm fine with it. And maybe I'll get to it later and people will be mad that it took me so long. But he is into albums from 2018. And next year he'll be into the albums that we all liked in 2019. And that's just how it's going to go. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's, that's it huh i mean yeah. that's funny that's that's funny though i need no, like, it's fun <laughs> i need to be into the newest of the artists like if you know what i mean i'm a big like new music like i love listening to the old and i have my favorite albums of like all different genres but yeah i'm just always like i'm so thirsty because i want the most current snapshot of them you know yeah, well, Release Radar is, like, one of the best systems for it, even though a lot of time I'm tired of getting remixes and stuff like that. But, like, you know, the Release Radar uh, – oh, it's a Spotify thing, but you're an Apple Music guy, right? Uh, yeah, I don't – see, I, that's the other thing, too, is knowing that um, – so we distributed – so I uploaded that Track Mercy to AWOL, mm-hmm. um, the distribution company. Yeah, yeah, we've been on AWOL before. So we're – and, like, they have a lot of, like – stuff there that you can like learn you know and like about doing it yourself and i know there's other places to look and to like know this to like do it yourself uh, well but like uh they they um 
what was the point of me saying this again? Uh, releases, new releases. Oh, they had like new releases. Like um, they were like saying, yeah, like uh, just give it, give a four week, you know, uh, buffer like, before releasing. Buffer. And I was like, why? Like it's just one song. And then, <laughs> it, I mean, like, it's just like, I've never done, you know. We're literally going through that right now, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's just so like, it's interesting. Like, cause it's, it's not like, uh, it's, it's not hard but it's so i don't want to fuck it up so i'm like mm-hmm. very tedious and like so what okay and like what's the and then what is the best you know plan of action if i'm doing this independently and um yeah there's just a lot of that i had a point in there that just went away so oh it's <laughs> the new music yeah it's like no it's not there it's okay you want to <laughs> we want to know the artist's most recent stuff that's good that's it dude yeah that's that's it, that's it. Uh, what's the biggest is the last thing I got for you. Biggest lesson you learned about love. About love. Oh my. Love to me is easy, but I want it. I, I, I need it to chant, to be challenging. Um, me and Sarah, like Sarah and I, I, I never thought I'd get married, you know, like ever. And like, that's what I think of when I think of love is like her, like, obviously I love the music I create, but I'm already in my head enough and I don't need to like have some kind of like, love i mean it's hard i have to learn to love myself i guess that's a big thing that i have talked with my therapist about on for the last couple of years and yeah and it's like if i could do that would have been already been doing it by now um <laughs> and probably also uh wouldn't get the music the same music um because of you know the way it is. so it's not like i'm trying to stay um in this state of like poor uh yeah yeah Yeah, poor me stuff but um i also you know i have to just like be realistic that i'm just never going to like believe and like accept certain you know confidences but that doesn't mean i i can't you know understand them and what sarah's like love like then comes in and like it's like this girl is like so far in my league and like it's not just a like physical things that's like a person she's like you know like very much like out of my depth of quality of human being and she has seen this marriage through like everything that i could ever throw at her like my worst dude like being i mean you know she helped me to you know get in to get seen to get diagnosed with this because i was just like no this is just my personality type like i have a little panic disorder but i don't have like i don't have depression i really which i actually don't you know it's not um it's not that it's just uh she has yeah i just love i need it like it, it it can be it should be easy, but it should be challenging too. I, I hear what you're saying because you know things things can get easy and they can stagnate, you know. And there's also something about you know being able to 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 really have a functioning relationship. I think a challenge is important. You know, you want to like really find out if you can be your best self. And if this person doesn't push you to be that, then then you know maybe they don't really want what's best for you, right? Exactly. And like, it's not like they challenging as in like nothing like can be easy or nothing like everything must be an issue which i struggle with like i may i have to make everything 
um, I talk too much and like, I, I need every, cause I need everything to, in order for me to walk away from a situation like, uh, or, a, or a conversation. I no have stone to, unturned, right? Yeah. Cause like, <laughs> I, it just feel, it does in my mind, it literally, my mind is so obsessive. Like, well, if we're doing this, we might as well just let's make <laughs> cover everything. It's, it's like, dude, just stop, just make the point and like move on, you know? And, um, it's really hard for me to do that in a marriage and she deals with my, she struggles dealing with my struggles Mm -hmm. and that the fact that she's still here after like coming up on five years. Congrats, man. Dude, it's crazy. Like that makes no sense. (laughs) I still just like, I, there's a part of me that's like, you just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like I love that. I love you and you're, and I love that you're here, but do you just have like awful taste in people or like, (laughs) What are you still doing here? <laughs> well, I think you're being extra hard on yourself, man. You're nuts. Hey, this has been the best. Dude, I, I appreciate you letting me. Um, you're actually corral me pretty good for um, <laughs> for uh, as far as like, uh, a t- dude, I did one of these, a podcast the other day. And yeah. I, poor dude, he just started doing <laughs> it. I didn't even, I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself. And it was just, he was just silent. I mean, Dude, our, our third episode of our po- our band's podcast, which yeah. is the, the Spill Campus, has a podcast called "The Part of the Hive Podcast." I should have asked you about that. I'm not I'm not helpful with the plugs. I'll I'll do the plugs in the intros. I don't. I'm not either. I don't care at all. <laughs> but uh, since we're on the topic and we're doing yeah. one, um, the third episode, I went. I went. I wanted to go deep into like this movie I watched called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which is about which is about like vectoring. It's about vectoring aliens to your location. And um, using your consciousness and to, to elevate your consciousness through meditation and and like to remote view almost your them using their ships, which are controlled with con- like, dude, it's it's like I can't explain this movie. And I thought I had a grasp of it like on the fly. And the fucking dudes in the band, like they, <laughs> I just sounded like an absolute <laughs> nutcase, like trying to explain it to them. And they were like, they were like silent afterwards. And so, I mean, they were I, like another news. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> Evan, Evan was wearing a t-shirt that had like an alien on it. And he's like, I wore this for you today, dude. Look, here's an alien. I'm like, I'm not crazy. Like go watch this movie and just like feel what I'm saying. But like, no, the thing is you, yours, uh, you're very natural to it, man. It was, oh, thanks, dude. it was a pleasant, um, it's a pleasant surprise too, but I'm also kind of nervous because I'm a fan. So, dude, but I, I mean, that's absurd to me, and I really appreciate it. You, you've been saying nothing but nice, flattering things, and we really don't know each other all that well. But I'm loving. I really love talking to you, man. It's been a delight just even talking as much as we have. It's been an honor. I'm. Thank you for letting me talk over you, man. <laughs> Thanks for coming, dude. I really appreciate it. <laughs> much love. Thank you for having me. Please enjoy Mercy by The Spill Canvas. You can find it on Bandcamp where all the proceeds will go to the Music Cares COVID Relief Fund.
mirror that once kept me awake is paralyzing now. Thank you.